0: Welcome to the Pete Primo Show. It is episode 75 and we are here with my friend Doug Gold, an award-winning independent rep who's going to share with us some ideas on how we can learn lessons from recessions and thrive in this time of craziness and chaos. But I'm going to pay the bills first. If you haven't bought my book, sell a million, what are you waiting for? There's not a better time in this world than now to buy this book. Creative ideas, over 101 tips for furniture and mattress stores on how to sell another million. Get it now. It's on Amazon or anywhere great books are sold. Not really anywhere great books are sold. Just go to Amazon. And I want to thank our friends at the Mattress Industry Network for sponsoring the show. Steve, I appreciate you and everybody at the Mattress Industry Network. I think we are almost at 1,500 members. The Mattress Industry Network is a different group. It is a group of, of, of of retailers that are doing a free group on Facebook for the benefit of the entire industry. And everybody's welcome. If you uh, are involved in the mattress industry in any way, shape, or form, you are welcome. You don't have to be a store owner. You could be a sales rep. You could be a VP of sales. You could own a manufacturing concern. We have everybody in there. And you see uh, Chris Stone, my wonderful producer, just push that up there. You'll see that QR code. That QR code will take you to the sign-up page and If you want to learn how to build, market, and succeed in the mattress industry today, join the Mattress Industry Network. It's 100% free and tell them Pete sent you. Doug, welcome to the show. How are you, brother? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, man. So, you know, we were talking last week and I said, you know, I just got to get Doug on the show. Uh, For those of you who don't know Doug, Doug has been in the industry for a long time. What, since 1991? Yes, that's correct. Since the beginning. <laughs> since 1991, uh, me and Doug have worked together at, at many uh, many different companies, and he's an award-winning rep. As a matter of fact, Doug was just Salesman of the Year uh, for Rise by uh, Mantua, if you're in Ohio. Right? Mantua? Yeah, if you're in Ohio, they call it Man Away. <laughs> that's right. I always call it man too. I guess I'm doing it the wrong way, but Rise is a great company and Doug is a great rep. And one of the neat things about Doug is he has relationships with all the major retailers and a lot of retailers in general who are very successful. And Doug and I share a passion for the industry and we're always. Uh, trying to improve and get better, share success stories where appropriate. So, you know, Doug, we were talking about the fact that we might be in a recession. We, we don't know. The definition of a recession is obviously uh, two contractions of GDP. We had the first contraction in the first quarter. Second quarter feels like it, but, you know, the reality is we won't find out till September when it's actually announced. But, irregardless, you know, business is not as robust as it was. It's tougher. There's less uh, door swings. And when there's less door swings and we were used to the door swinging a hundred miles an hour, it's even kind of worse, right? Because if it just kind of gradually got slower, it it seemed like we were going really, really fast. and then it just, almost stopped and we're still doing business I'm still seeing customers in stores it's just slower and, and some of our dealers are complaining about store traffic what are you finding out there right
1: now I'm finding that it's um, a, a little more of a slowdown than maybe what you're describing uh, in the last few weeks it's definitely shut down and uh, there's limited traffic I'd say that's the one of the biggest challenges is getting the people into the stores. Um, not the only challenge, of course, but certainly one of the big ones. I think the biggest challenge more so is uh, related to how the retailers were just buying as much as they could when business was so good. And um, and, and now the product has come in, retailers are full, and uh, business has now slowed down traffic has slowed down. So they find themselves always playing catch up to the environment of what's happening.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's really, it's a little worse than that. You are such a diplomat. Um, I, 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 I was at several stores and I overheard conversations and, uh, one of my dealers just said to the uh, vendor that was on the phone with them, um, your rep told me that I had to program out for a year. So I programmed out for a year, but you just delivered to me November and December's orders. And I, I'm too full. I can't take these orders anymore. So cancel every order I've got in the house unless there's a special order. And I don't want my programmed orders anymore. And, you know, I, I did what you asked me to do, but now you are sending me. Things that aren't due yet, and my warehouse is full. And I had one retailer tell the manufacturer, "Listen, I'm not trying to be difficult. I literally don't have room. Please, if you if you doubt what I'm saying, please have your rep come to my warehouse, and I will walk him or her through, and you can uh, see for yourself just what I'm dealing with here." And you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult. And then there's this, this other aspect to it too, Doug. And that is when the door is slowing down and the door's not swinging the way it should be, and you are choking on inventory and now you've got these receivables due. I mean, I've heard a couple horror stories of guys that pay their bills like clockwork and they are, uh, the one guy threatened, uh, The rep, who's a friend of his, and said, listen, do not call me about this again. I don't have the money. I don't think you understand. I don't have the effing money. And uh, he said, okay, well, I don't want to lose a friendship over this, and I, I don't want to aggravate you anymore. What do you want me to do? just don't call me about it i'm not going to pay this bill in the next week or 2 weeks or even 3 weeks if, if as soon as business gets better i will pay you i promise you i've always paid my bills but i don't want any more discussions on this bill so that's how aggravated one of the customers was about you know the frustration when you know when you take pride in your business and you take pride in paying your bills on a timely way. And now you you can't. And you're a friend who's a, who's a rep, but he's your friend too. And he starts to handle you about it every week. And he's doing his job, right? But it's very aggravating and, 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 it, and it makes you as a store owner not even want to go to work because you're like, who's going to call me today asking me for money? And I don't have the money. To give them, um, so listen. You have some dealers who are super successful, and they do things kind of a little bit ahead of the curve. Is there anything that you know you could share with us, or, or maybe you know? I, I don't know if you saw Jerry Epperson's article, and he said that spending for the furniture and mattress industry is down significantly. I think it's below half of what it was in 2019 levels. Um, Maybe what we really need to do instead of worrying about a flea flicker or a double reverse is actually block and tackle and get back to some of the basics that maybe we got away from in the last year or two because business was coming at us so hard and so fast. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I believe that it's a good opportunity to take time to maybe reorganize a little bit. Um, there's there's a lot of ways to go about this. People might cut back. But they have to cut back in order to um, manage their 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 money. But if they're able to simply to uh, focus on on their internals and their back room and organize as best they can, I think that any kind of um, Advertising um, could could also be helpful, more of a focus, and uh, and for certain lucky people who have the the ability or the the dollars to actually consider. And it might sound crazy, but opportunities to expand. And I don't mean this in a in a in a bad way to to stop your competitors, but I, I do believe. That the retailers that have the ability to expand at, at a good deal right now during these times are, are the opportunities that are out there. Um, that might not help everybody, but it's certainly the way I think uh, smart business can be done. You know,
0: when we kept getting all these price increases and surcharges upon surcharges, and in this, you know, and, and we're still in that. To a degree, but what I'm finding with some of my lines is certain items where they're overstocked, they are discounting them, they're, they're, they're wiping away some of the surcharges, and, and even, even given um, an extra extra time to pay for it, uh, because that's been a concern that, that you know store owners have brought up that, hey, listen. You know, I do need X, Y, Z, but my warehouse is full. I could take some of this, but I really, I just don't have the money. I couldn't pay in thirty days, and uh, so there are opportunities for um, uh, to buy um, at discounts and also to get extended date in. You're talking about actual expansion though, right? Doug, you're talking about adding a store too if the deal's right if if somebody's looking to make a deal and it's a, it's a good opportunity. That's really and and I think it's a great strategy and when you look back at, at at companies that really do well in recessions, they've almost all expanded during recessions because those are great deals on on, on stores.
1: Now today, I think the, the biggest challenge with that is going to have to do with the labor aspect. I think that we're finding ourselves in a, in a unique environment where that aspect of limited labor availability is going to challenge that, um, expansion idea. But if you could pull that off, I think there's a lot of money to be made.
0: I'm making notes. This is just solid gold. Yeah, I agree with you. The labor availability will be the limiting factor there, but you know, if if you can manage that, if you can figure that piece of it out, um there's there's gonna be continued opportunities. You know, one of the things that I loved what you said is focus on the internals. I don't think that we hear that enough. Um, and you know, I might be a little bit guilty of this. I'm always encouraging people to shop their competitors, but really, when's the last time you shopped yourself? When's the last time you borrowed one of your friend's phones and you called one of your stores and and see how they, how they answer? Because I called a dealer the other day and the, the person that answered the phone did not say the store's name. Didn't say anything. Just said, hello. And I'm like, is this blah, blah, blah store? Yes, it is. And it's like, oh, my Lord. You know, that's not the way you answer the phone at a store. And, and so just the basics. A return to the basics, I think, uh, is always good. And this opportunity to to, to reorganize, you know, Whenever something changes, and, and sometimes we call it a challenge, and sometimes we call it a crisis, and so, sometimes it feels like more of a crisis or a challenge than it really is, but there's always opportunities in those times, and, and sometimes when it's slow, maybe you've wanted to re your floor to make it, you know, you've had this idea in your head to... To make the showroom look better, now might be the time during a down traffic time to execute on that game plan that you have uh, to change your showroom, whatever it happens to be. Some new procedures in the warehouse. Maybe the warehouse needs a, a really uh, a, a really good rework. I mean, uh, y- you can never stop improving and. The easier we make a warehouse person's job to pull the item from the correct uh, place and and the more that we label. So typically what happens in in, in the life of a store is, is they start with one and then they add another and then they add another. Well, sometimes the systems don't catch up to the actual growth. And I've seen guys with five and six stores. Pete is bringing the heat with shopping yourself. Good morning, guys. Happy to be here. Hey, Stu, how are you? How's Louisiana, man? Is it nice and hot? Uh, Stu's Stu's a great, great guy. Great supporter of the show. And there's a young man who is growing all the time, Doug. He's uh, he's involved in the masterminds that. Uh, are going on at the Mattress Industry Network and sharing ideas with other successful retailers on how to better serve their customers. So, yes, and I'm not even in the masterminds too, but that's yours for free, brother. Mm -hmm. Um, So, one of the things that I've noticed over the years is that many times the owner of a store started off as a salesperson at another store. And sometimes they have management experience and sometimes they don't. Um, and one of the biggest challenges when you go from you know a single store to a second and then a third and a fourth store is learning how to manage people well. And it, it's not easy. It's, it's as much of an art as it is a science. Because it's a lot of it has to do with reading people and feelings and, and making sure everybody's happy, and then there's the business aspect there's the advertising, the promotion end of the business uh Doug, where a lot of people that came out of sales, and I'm one of them that came out of sales they're weak there they're they're not as strong as they should be on the advertising uh Piece of it or the business, negotiating leases, managing bills, all of that s- stuff. Um, and and you know, I said this, Doug, at a mastermind. I said, you know, one of the things that we always think is our business is different, right? But the more that you talk to other business owners, the more you'll find out that basics of businesses never change. And so I described this this evolution of the salesperson going into being a single store owner and then going and owning multiple stores. And maybe the management skills aren't there. Maybe the advertising skills aren't there. Maybe some business skills aren't there. And it's up to us reps to kind of help grow, you know, help them And I said this as if, you know, it was just me. Because the only thing I know is the furniture industry, right, Doug? I mean, I've been in the furniture and the mattress industry my whole adult life. So since 1982, And, and it's all I know. And I said this as if it's just the mattress industry. And the other guys in the mastermind, especially all the ones with gray hair, I just started laughing mm-hmm. and finally Dan Cricks the guy that runs the mastermind said Pete that's goes across industries he goes it, it it's 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 almost always a very successful salesperson who worked at someone else's store saved their money and then became a business owner and yes there's a lot of growth that needs to happen there so so, maybe it's an opportunity for your personal growth as as an owner. I own a store, you know, grade myself on these aspects of business. You know, how strong am I on you know, organizing the warehouse? How strong am I in advertising? How strong am I with sales training? You know a lot a lot of the situations that I've seen, I've seen a superstar salesman own his own store, become super successful, own multiple stores, and then they don't even train sales training. like They're not making mini-me's and they have to make mini-me's, right? Um, And and they forget the sales training piece of it or they leave it up to just the reps. And oftentimes, you'll find um, a message or two that gets out there that you didn't necessarily want to get out there. And doesn't really uh jive with the the how you run your business, so i I know somewhere in there there's a there's a question Doug what are your thoughts? i know i'm I'm kind of going all over the place um my
1: thoughts are that you've you've got to be aware of your not only seeing what you could reorganize but looking to see who seems to be doing well out there and uh, and looking at how they are handling those different aspects of the business. Whether it's in your trading area or outside of your trading area, try and find the success stories and be aware to see what they're doing differently that is potentially applicable that you could bring into your business. Um I think that that's critically important. Uh, and I don't know if it's a question or not, but certainly going back to what you had said about the, um, just the, just about the the relationships, not what you had said, but the relationships, I think you need to double down on your network. That's why I, yeah. I feel so strongly about um, your group that you've created here, the Pete Primo Show. I think that it's critically important for our industry to lean on each other, and uh, especially during these times. I think I'm going kind of around in circles, but you know, I was fortunate enough to be at a, a major retailer's uh, annual meeting that they described their plans and their growth for the next year and then the next five years and it's amazing how they're looking ahead and what they're doing and they acknowledge their challenges and problems and how they quickly adjust and i think that that's going to be critically key is how quickly we adjust because what was a solution for us and our businesses last year Uh, it's very different in just 12 months as we see what has happened so I don't know if I threw out so much all at once in different directions, but I'm. No, this is man. good. We're
0: going to start to dive a little bit deeper into them because this double down on your network is huge to me. T- to me, that is solid gold. Doug Gold's gold. Double down on your network, and it, you know, immediately, um, makes me think about who do i have a good relationship with who i haven't spoken in the last year who i respect and pick up the phone pick up the phone and, and listen you as a store owner you have to have a network and it can't just be uh a very narrow network as a matter of fact if you are not networking with your competitors you're missing an opportunity and and I'll never forget this as long as I live I'll uh, I'm I'm going to I'm not going to use the names of of the retailers but the two retailers are giants in Ohio and To me, it was like Frazier and Ali meeting in the middle of my showroom. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're going to duke it out. They greet each other. And the one guy offers the other guy. There's a a manufacturer over here that you should look at and blah, blah, blah. and, And by the way, you should be looking at this. And they were sharing intel with each other. They were actually helping each other. And I'm like looking for the angle. And the angle was they respect each other as competitors, but they're still going to help each other. And, you know, finding ways to make your competitor your ally is huge. If you can do that, and each of you could make an extra four or five sales in a month, one a week, that's. That's extra money that neither of you would made. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be in the same industry. You know, I'll never forget, as long as I live uh, a cross promotion uh, between a McDonald's in and a, and a furniture store. And, it, and, it, and it's we got to get creative guys. when advertising looks like it's too expensive just to do it by itself you've got to get creative. Maybe you do a coupon um, and your competitor offers your, 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 uh, I'm uh, uh, making it up. Could be a gym, could be, could be a fast food place, could be anything. Cross promote between the two, sto- between the two stores can really yield some, some great advertising results for very little cost, basically the cost of, you know, a few copies of paper and whatever the discounts are. And away you go. But doubling down on the network to me, uh, I have a saying, antennas up. And, and so when you go out to eat, if you're not looking at the sales process that the waiter and the waitress is engaging in, your antenna's not up your your antenna's not up
1: you, certainly you, i you got to appreciate it you have to appreciate good salesmanship but i believe to add on to what you're saying that with technology today it allows us you know to reach more people for less money than ever before so if you're looking for a way to really get out there and reach for whatever aspect you try to improve or fix or whether it's just more sales, you've you've got to embrace technology and maximize what you can do at a minimal cost. And it's available today.
0: One of the lessons that your major retailer kind of showed you is, you know, they're not just doing Pollyanna you know, everything's going to be great. The economy is going to be this and everything. They acknowledge the challenges and they had solutions to the challenges that they saw. And to me, that's anytime time that we're planning anything. And if we plan everything to be, it has to go perfectly right for us to succeed. That's not a good plan. You have to have a plan A, B, and C If this happens, what do we do? If this other thing happens, what do we do? I love this. I want to unpack this a little bit, Doug. You said find success stories. And there are success stories in our industry, but there's also success success stories in other industries. And we should never be so proud and so limited in our thinking as to only consider what happens in furniture and mattress stores. You know, broaden out your vision. Uh, if you see something in another industry and that is a cool idea that you're not doing in your business, and it could be helpful, and your your customers would be better served with that new idea that somebody at an ice cream shop's doing, do it. Do it. I mean, that is the the beauty of 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 a free market system. You could see other store owners being creative, creating value for their customers, and you can adapt it and make it yours. Maybe it needs to change a little bit. Maybe the way that they're offering it isn't quite right for your business. But always ask this question. And the question is, all right, I don't think that would work the way it is, but how could I make that idea work in my business? That's the question that we always have to ask ourselves. One of the things that was really cool in our quick conversation that we had last week is you, you know, you were, you were talking about, you know, the different types of retailers and just broad categories. Um, And, you know, kind of a little bit of a mindset, um, thought process for our retailers. Do you want to share that with us? As a
1: a mindset, I'd say, um, I'd say that you, again, where I talked about doubling down, I think that, um, you want to look at your products that perform well for you consistently, and you really want to focus on them. You really want to uh, tout the value that that comes from those. Um, I think that you don't necessarily want to race to the bottom with price points, and I don't think that that's always the solution. Um, you race to the bottom with price points and you win. I think <laughs> you lose, you know? You do. Um, you do. So um, I think that if everyone realizes that the times we're in and the challenges that we're in, where the marketplace is more fragmented today, and that there's more places for the consumer to buy. It's not just brick and mortar. It's online. It's DTC or direct to consumer. I think there's all aspects that are just pulling at them, and they really need to have an overall perspective of what's going on in order to best attack it. Uh, You know, I, I don't know how much it's been articulated out there, but from my perspective, what we just went through. For 2021, with this extreme business, it, it wasn't that it, everything was just um, exploding on its own. We were taking our pie from 2021, and there's only so much pie that you you that you get to enjoy between you and your competitors. And I think we were borrowing from the 2022 pie, and mm. fast forward. Now we're in 2022, and the pie is is part of it's missing, and I think that's led itself to this quick decline in business that we're experiencing um, at this rapid pace. So, ultimately, being aware of the overall picture with the business that's out there, your your competition, whether it's just not brick and mortar anymore, but all these other avenues. And seeing how you embrace it and how you go to market with um, considering all those aspects is critical for you to have a handle on your business and, and really honor the products that are doing well for you that are your core products. And if you have that perspective in mind, I think you'll have the best opportunity To embrace these changes and these times to make the sound decisions and to create an environment that, you know, employees will want to be at. And, and that's not easy. That's not easily done, but certainly I think that's the overall uh, perspective that everyone needs to maintain to get through this time. That is solid
0: gold. I'm going to dig into a couple of those things, but I need to quickly read my chapter. It's, uh, can everybody see that? Kodak Moments. It's one of my favorite chapters in the book. It's chapter 61 and page 93. And Doug, if you have any thoughts on this after I go through it, I'd love to hear your thoughts. The use of of photographs. And marketing is typically underutilized by store owners, and it's a mistake. Photos are a great way to convey customer success, and they are an excellent way to engage people and help build community. You don't have to go to the expense of hiring a a professional photographer to use photos in your business. However, for certain types of photos, that might be necessary. And oftentimes, The more down-and-dirty approach of a simple cell phone photo is way more effective and realistic. Here are several types of photos you can use in your marketing efforts. Pictures of happy customers. Pictures showing the reward of using your stuff. Pictures showing the effect of not using your stuff. Before and after photos. Enlarged photos detailing your product. Pictures of you with happy customers. Pictures of your employees with happy customers. And that's really important in today's world. Historical or legacy photos. They want to know that you've been here and you're going to be here. Happy customers getting their delivery. You keeping your promises. Customers flashing the thumbs up. Action pictures of you and your staff with happy customers. When's the last time you took a picture of your guys loading or unloading a truck? Happy customers holding an iHeart symbol with your store's name below it. Happy happy employees with happy customers. Just a few thoughts, guys, to help you. Uh, you know, today the reason pictures are so important is people don't have time. And you can communicate in a picture much faster than you can with words. Videos are highly effective. Videos should be used in your marketing. But pictures are quick and they're easy and they're just not always utilized enough. What are your thoughts, Doug?
1: I, I think you're spot on that it's uh, one component uh, a picture could be one component of an overall strategy to, uh, help, uh, build your business and, and fight during these times. Um, it's all about the attitude and Pete, as passionate as you are and as passionate as I am, it comes across and it gets people to listen and it gets them excited and. If you are running your business, whatever aspect it is, if you're a sales rep, if you're a retailer, um, manufacturer, just your attitude alone makes a difference. And photography is, or videos are, are, are a very simple way to get that done. Um, especially what I referred to before with today's technology, whether it's, um, including a photo, reaching out to your customer list or, Whatever it is, with some satisfaction it is shown in the photo, it's it's critically important. I think if you're not doing it, you're missing out on the opportunity. Uh, that's that's easily, uh, e- easily uh, done. So you know, there's a famous story about the this group of people. They're at a conference, and a bunch of them go out to a restaurant one evening. And they had the most amazing meal, the most amazing experience. And they came back to the conference and they were talking about it. And other people at that conference were there listening and they wanted that same good time. So they decided to go to that same restaurant the following night. And when they went to that restaurant, they had a terrible meal and they had a terrible experience. Well, what was the difference? It was the waiter. The waiter made the difference because the original waiter had a tremendous attitude. They made it fun. They had passion. And the food was the same. The food, the 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 restaurant was the same, but with that attitude and with that passion, they created an experience for their customers that they not only had the greatest time and but they talked about it. And 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 got other people to go unintentionally just because it was so good. So your aspect of bringing into uh, it, into the business photographs or videos is critically important. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great story,
0: and it's it's so true. Uh, the waiter or the waitress makes makes the, and their their attitude specifically makes all the difference in the world. And you know, one of the things that I've always encouraged. My store owners to do show your personality in your advertising, you know. And sometimes we see quirky advertising, we go, eh, that's not that good, but it's highly effective. And you see somebody out there that doesn't speak the king's English, but guess what? You're not selling to Englishmen. You're selling to people just like you. And showing your personality in your copy that you use in your advertising throughout your store. Um, you know, one of the things that I think about, you know, and and it really I, I, I actually listed it out, Doug. I said, who's winning and who's losing? And do you know the the component that I thought was missing, Doug? and I I really want your thoughts on this was the involvement in the community, the guys that were, are doing better than other ones. I couldn't pin it to this ad or that ad or, or this thing or that thing, but the ones who have become very entrenched in their community, those are the ones that are doing more business right now. Um, they have done such a good job over the years. The community that has uh, supported them, who they came to support, is now coming back and supporting them um, even more. And, and I, I think you, know, you should be involved in your community and you should be involved in charities for what it does for your heart. Not as a business decision, but at the end of the day, your business has a personality, your business has a heart, and let your heart show Uh, things that you're passionate about and that you do for the community. You need to let the community know that you're doing these things because they don't know. And the other thing is this I know. Jim, I'm talking to you, that you don't want to sound like you're a self-promoter. But this is why I want you to give. I want you to give yourself credit for giving to your community so that other people in your community will see you given, and they will give too. And that to me is the reason you need to promote your philanthropy your charities, your the things that you do to support your community, you need to market that and you need to celebrate it, not just to help you get more business, but really to help other people give more. And the more of that we have in our communities, the better the economic health will be of our community and the better our heart health will be in our community. And And that's more important than what we're talking about when, when we're talking about business and sales and volume and, and profit. It's all important and, and good. But at the end of the day, oh, great guest. I know, Chris. I know. I love Doug too. So I got to read this because some people aren't on the on the video. Chris Tahaney says, great guest. Doug, Doug Gold is one of the very best questions for both of you without illuminating the current doom and gloom, but turning from it won't make it go away. Exactly. What advice do you have for the independent reps, sales reps, that currently wake up every day knowing his road costs are up probably over 30% only to walk into stores and be told that foot traffic is down about the same percentage. And due to the these economic challenges. Their customers want to shelf previously discussed strategies. What is there? Is there more there, Chris? Can you pull the rest of it up? I think we get the point, though. I think. Go ahead, Doug. Start stabbing at it. I'm going to jump on it too,
1: unless you steal everything I was going to say. But you're welcome to do. (laughs) Thank you. Um, By the way, hello, Chris. Uh, Great to to hear from you. Uh, Chris is a fantastic member of our industry who is uh, more dedicated than uh, anyone that I know. So uh, bottom line is, I think what we touched on before is to uh, integrate technology into what you're doing and look at um, your house and figure out inside your processes, how you can change them or adjust them for today's times. Uh, I think one of your previous shows, Pete, you might have had a guest talk about the importance of uh, texting, how that's the number one open form of communication now. I-, I think by incorporating the the texting and technology, I'm not saying replacing the roadwork, but I'm saying maybe you augment it or you... You, you, you change percentages of the amount of your work focus from, let's say, if it was 90% road work and 10% office, and maybe you adjust those percentages accordingly based on these new increased costs for for the road work and also the availability of, of what we'll call cheap technology. And you can still touch your customers, your RSAs, and you can implement different um different programs or thoughts or ideas in order to stay attached and connected. Um, nothing will ever replace visually being in a store and, and seeing everything um, that, that you you won't get by, by not going in the store, but certainly by doing a, a percentage adjustment can be the solution for what you're asking.
0: Well, Doug, you stole almost all my stuff, but I I do want to expand on a couple of things that you said. and I agree 100% with what you said. Um, Nothing will ever replace belly to belly. Um, But at the same time, as as a sales rep, you have to understand that you have a business that you need to run, and you need to run a profitable business. And uh, when you lay out your week of calls that you're going to make, ask yourself, "Why am I going here? If it's just a milk run, do you really need to do that, or could it be accomplished in a different way? Is there a better way to accomplish it?" Now, um, I'll never forget, as long as I live, you know, right after this this whole thing started, you know, the 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 COVID thing started. What? two years ago already. And I called one of my friends that's a rep. And I hadn't talked to him in a long time. And I said, what are you doing? You sound like you're you're doing something. And he goes, yeah, I've got a technician coming in. I'm setting up a, a home studio. Um, I'm making sure that I've got everything ready because, you know, I'm not going to be able to go out and I don't want to lose track of my customers. So I'm going to do Zoom calls. And and he had this whole thing laid out, Doug. And, and this goes back to what you said earlier, which I said was solid gold, and it is, double down on your network. The best ideas that you'll ever have, somebody else already had them. So borrow richly from your network and find out what's working for them. And you know you can do a lot on Zoom, uh, you know Chris um, and many really great sales managers that I know really use uh, Zoom or or, uh, Microsoft Teams very well and it doesn't replace getting together. But at the same time, when costs are going through the roof, this is my fear, Chris. The immediate pushback that I have is, you know what? All reps right now, this is what I want you to write down. I want you to write down how many miles you travel in a week. All right? You got that? I want you to divide that by the mileage you get. That's how many gallons that of gas you use. I want you to multiply it out by an extra dollar or two. That's your extra cost to travel for a week. Only you can answer the question, can you afford it? But I started laughing at myself when I did it, Doug. I said, Pete, you're a moron. You're a moron. I like I go, I'm not traveling if it goes over four bucks a gallon. Now it's over five bucks a gallon. <laughs> and, and I started that little voice started at me again. And I said, All right, let's do the math. And it's like, you know, I I use, you know, like 30 gallons in a week. Can I afford it? Yes. I'm blessed. Yes, I can afford it. And I, yes, I need to see my dealers and my dealers need to see me, not to be egotistical. I think that we have a very important role as reps. And and I, I think that we need to share what you said, Doug, which is huge. Find success stories and share those success stories, you know, our dealers need to hear about other people's successes. They really do. And they need to know that there's business out there, even though it's slower than what we would like. The other thing, uh, Chris, and you're not going to like this, but you know, as an independent rep, for years and years, I had one line. One line. You can't have one line anymore. It just, it's just, just not good. Even if it's a huge line, because what happens when they get bought by private equity? What happens when the sales manager that you loved and had a great relationship retires, and you get somebody that just absolutely sucks, and you can't stand them, and, and you want to, you know, uh, you 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 need to get away. Where do you go? So somewhere between one and twenty is a good number. Twenty's too much. And your dealers will give you feedback if you ask them. Some of the best conversations I've ever had. Um, if you don't ask your dealers for feedback as a, as a 1099 rep, you're making a huge mistake. And, you know, when I was brand new, Doug, I always threw myself on the mercy of the court. And I used to explain to them, you know, you said blah, blah, blah. I don't understand what you just said. Can you explain that to me? And I, you know, sometimes I look back and I'm just go I just go, how could the good Lord bless one person so much? I have had some of the greatest mentors in the world. I've had great, great store owners who sat down and taught me the mathematics of being profitable, how much you should pay in rent, what the ratio should be between your rent. And your advertising, and your advertising, and your other costs, and you know, just a a continuous masterclass on on the business. And you know, your your dealers will give you so much information. And let me tell you something that happens as a byproduct of that. I asked selfishly; I needed more knowledge. I was brand new. I was really a great sales uh pro on the retail floor but i didn't know the business aspect of being a rep i didn't know it and i just selfishly wanted to learn but do you know what happened like every time i Tell would me. visit every time i would visit they would give me another golden nugget because now i was their student right and so what happens to your student that asks a lot of questions and they seem to be growing and getting better They become your prized pupil. And what do you do for your prized pupil? You introduce them to other stores. And that's what happened to me and for me. And I I have had the most blessed career anyone could ever have because things happen to me that a lot of people, they just don't happen. So ask your whatever you do everybody has to run their own business but whatever you do don't ever forget this that your your store owners have a lot of knowledge that they can give you and your ability to absorb that knowledge and to share that knowledge with other store owners and i'm not talking about things that we shouldn't share talking about things that we should share. Um, that gives you more value to the next retailer. So the one thing that I would say, Chris, you know, cost going up and down happens, but always be a good student. And so like if if gas is going up and it costs me more to make a stop, make that stop count really Really have a good conversation. Don't just go into the store and go through your little checklist of things, checking on your product and asking a few quick questions. Really dive deep and ask good questions and really listen to your customer and what their concerns are and add value everywhere you go
1: and make every call count. I'm sorry. Can I jump in there? Uh, Pete, jump in. One of the things that I've always said is that I've been very blessed in this industry and I believe in order to maintain my position in, in this industry is every day when I wake up, I, I make sure that in my day's plans that I'm adding value to both my vendor and my customer. If I do that every day, every single day, then I've done my job and I will still have a job and I'll be able to make a living. Some years much better and some years maybe less, but I'll always have a spot in this industry. And I think that uh, holds true across all industries. So when you mention value, it makes me think of that. And then when you also mention uh, asking your retail network, questions it makes me it, it makes me think about um, my father. Uh, I'm second indi- I'm second generation in this industry. I'm very fortunate to, um, to have my father who has um, brought me into the industry and taught me from the very beginning and introduced me and started me out with these great relationships that I have and uh, it's it's all a direct result of my father. And, um, and so even though he's not a retailer, it, it kind of relates to what you're saying as far as your relationships with your retailers and asking them and, um, and not to just be too long winded, but when you talk about making your, your regular calls to retailers, that makes me think about how, um, another story that my father shared with me is that one time he started working with a vendor and he, finished. He went about his day. He had a busy day from morning to night. And then he spoke to his sales manager at the end of the day. And the sales manager asked him how it went. And my father said, unbelievable. I was able to get to 10 different retailers today. And the sales manager just said, what? 10 different retailers? And then my father realized that he was just going in checking everything out, doing what he was supposed to do, and then moving on to the next and didn't dig in like you were saying and go for those nuggets and really uh, embrace the retailer that you're with and uh, ask them questions and see what's going on and and learn from their scenarios. and uh, And it all builds and it all creates for more and more success for everyone, not just yourself, but the retailers that you touch on a daily basis. That's that's great advice. So, be aware of who is
0: doing well. Find success stories. Double down on your network. I love that. It's all about the attitude. That it it's it's true whether you're a waitress, you're a sales rep or you're a store owner. And one of the things that I want you to do as a store owner because you know you're the king of your castle right there, right? And so sometimes we don't check ourselves. When you're the king of the castle, you gotta check yourself every now and again, and you have to ask yourself, "What's my attitude? What am I bringing into this store? Am I bringing positivity, or am I bringing doom and gloom? Am I bringing... Am Am I defining?" my teammates jobs precisely to them am i giving them consistent feedback or when i see something that i don't like i'm holding back and then i blow up you know a month later when i should have just given them the the feedback hey you know this is the way we do it here at abc store and this is why we do it and i would appreciate it if you were a little bit more consistent with that instead of Blowing up after they've done it the tenth time in a row without you giving them feedback. Always check yourself. You know, as a store owner, it can be challenging because you know, most sales reps, Doug and me are exceptions, they're just going to say thank you, and they're never going to give you anything unless you ask for it. Now, my very best store owners, they ask me very specific questions that you would be shocked. They would say, how am I doing compared to other stores? What could I be doing better, Pete? I get that all the time. What could I be doing better, Pete? And to me, that shows me that there's a level of maturity and a level of self-awareness that many store owners don't have. Because if you ask that question, you're going to get an answer and you may not really like the answer. But as a store owner, you have to get that feedback.
1: So the feedback is critical. You know, you could, you really need that awareness. So if you were to uh, quote uh, Yogi Berra, if you, if you will, if you, if you don't know where you're going, you might not get there.
0: <laughs> and,
1: uh, and I really believe uh, that everything that we've discussed today during this session is critically important for making your way and uh, making sure you're there and not gone uh, as we go through the tougher times and, of course, the good times, which we're experiencing both so quickly.
0: Yep, yep. Doug, we got to wrap it up. I could go for another hour, but I know you've got to... uh... You've got a busy day ahead of you uh, of yourself, and I want to thank you, number one, for coming on the show and sharing so many golden nuggets. Um, is there anything else that your dad gave you advice on that you would like to share with us?
1: Wow, I mean, there's so much that I've learned from him. Um, he really, I'm, I'm just. Just the work ethic, the the going at it every day, I think, really lends itself to this doubling down. Just bringing value that it's everything that I that I do today, all originated from uh, the the lucky and great opportunity I had to learn from my father, and my father did it in a way that just didn't all come from him the way he introduced me to so many people. And always, my father's famous for always having a joke. Everywhere I go, everyone always references my father. and, And I just find myself lucky to have that. And they always say, your dad always had a joke for me. So he incorporated a lot of aspects into his daily work without maybe not even necessarily realizing what he was doing was was so good. Yeah, you know, sharing a joke is
0: huge. And if you're not doing that with your customers, believe it or not, you can do that with your customers. And got to be careful. It can cut both ways. But sharing a piece of you and a piece of your heart with your customers will separate you from from your competition. You know, in tough times, the door's not swinging. You really do need to close every opportunity and you really need to maximize every opportunity. And the way you're going to do that is by having a stronger connection with your customer. only way you have a stronger connection with your customer is to share who you are with them you know, share with them why you opened the store. Share with them what you feel your competitive advantages are. Now, you opened the store for a reason. You didn't open the store just to make money. You opened the store for a reason. You saw a hole in the marketplace and you filled that. And as long as you continue to fill that or other uh, significant gaps in service, in your marketplace, there's always going to be a place for you. So what I would say is whether it's a recession or it's not a recession, it doesn't matter. Focus on your customer and you'll always have, you'll have a a place in your market and focus on the internals. Doug, that was great. Focus on the internals. Don't forget that there's going to be opportunities. There's going to be opportunities for additional stores. There's going to be opportunities uh, to to buy uh, to buy product at reduced prices. And, and nobody here, and I know Doug's heart, would ever encourage you to do anything reckless. And everybody should know my heart: never do anything reckless, but be very calculated and 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 wait. For opportunities and look for opportunities, always have those antennas up, and you're going to find that you're going to have more opportunity now than you would in a really really uh going up expanding economy when the economy's contracting that's where there's a lot of opportunities. Thank you Chris. thank you, Stu, Doug. Last chance to say something
1: um. How about a little inspirational quote from Winston Churchill? You ready? I'm ready. The truth is, the truth is heavy; therefore, few want to carry it. So, I believe that applies very well to our scenarios that we're facing today. Yeah. And I implore everyone to just uh, go out there and bring value and do their best every single day, and uh, the fruits. The fruits of their work and labor will come. Thanks, Doug. That
0: was awesome. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap. Thank you. Take care.